What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Single Player Experience, the hottest podcast since Mario met Yoshi. This is the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. And as always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and we got a great show for you today. Joining me today is an absolute rock star. You can find him on Game Sandwich, where he's an author and also the co-founder of Game Sandwich. You can also find him playing all sorts of cool games, everything from Zelda to Bioshock to Banjo-Kazooie to Sonic, you name it, and he's basically playing it. He is the Dungeon Master himself. This is John Hansen. How you doing today? Oh man, I am gonna have. I'm gonna tell everyone and anywhere I go, I need someone to introduce me like that. That was really good. <laughs> and thank you. I'm doing well, <laughs> man. No, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. For the people who don't know you, John, um, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. So I'm a writer. I write about video games. I cover them. Uh, as you said, I co-founded Game Sandwich earlier this year. Me and a bunch of uh, colleagues. Uh, we were laid off from Gamers Group in March, and we're like, hey, you know what? Let's make our own thing. So we've been building up this site, and we're feeling pretty good about it. So yeah, I do that. And uh, I also have my own podcast, the Pixel Street Podcast, where me and my friend Joel, we talk about just the most random video game stuff we can come up with that day. So yeah, I, I'm all about video games. I'm your average nerd. <laughs> All right, a couple of follow-up questions there from everything you just told me. So, you, on your podcast, like, what is the premiere episode that you think people like? This is the episode you people should check out first. Oh man, um, not really too sure. It's not really like something that's really taken off, like my writing and stuff. I just kind of do that for fun. I never really went into that thinking I was going to get a big following or anything. Um, I think probably my personal favorite episode I did was uh, we got Craig Skistimus, who uh, was the founder of Screw Attack back in the day. He guested on our show uh, during the pandemic. So that was a really cool episode growing up watching his content. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say I'd recommend that. That's really cool. That's really cool. My second icebreaker question for you, John, is if Kirby absorbed you, what kind of powers would he get? Oh, he'd be dealing with some hardcore anxiety. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. He, he just sucked me up. And then I don't think he would really have the uh, the nerve to go and fight these nightmare gods that he's fighting uh, on every adventure. Um yeah, so maybe it, it, it'd be in his best interest to just skip this meal. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So, John, um, thank you again for being on the show. But, like, let's get to the topic of the show. And that is 2023 has been a hell of a year in games. I, you know, like, I made the argument that I think this is the best year ever in video games. You know, I, I can see, you know, I think a lot of people said, what is it, um, 2007 being being a, a big front runner. Um, I think was it 2017 was also a pretty strong year but like i don't know pound for pound i look at like if i just start listing games out i'm like i i don't see a competition anymore man this has been a stacked year what do you it think is, about this it is very hard to say anything else has come close to this uh when i think of the biggest years in gaming 2017 is definitely a big one because the nintendo switch breath of the wild uh there was a lot of good games that came out that year as well um, I also love 1998. Uh, oh, that's that was, a good one. That was Ocarina of Time. Um, I want to say Half-Life. I could be wrong on that. But I, I know there was quite a few big things in uh, 98 as well. Um, as for just the sheer number of giant games that just everybody loves, there's no way that you can go wrong with 2023, though. Man, I'm telling you, and you're right, by the way, Half-Life, Metal Gear Solid was 1998, um, StarCraft, Resident Evil 2 as well, Crash Bandicoot Warped, <laughs> um, Banjo-Kazooie, so that was, a, that was a banger year as well. Baldur's Gate was also 1998. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I can see why people make the case, but I almost like, for all those games I just listed, it almost feels like 2023 has an equivalent to all every single one of those almost. You know, so it's it's yeah. very, been a very interesting year. 
yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We we kind of went into this year knowing that this was going to be a big year. We knew that there was a lot of things coming out. Um, I would say there was one point where I was getting a little nervous that this year would be very uh, front heavy with mm. kind of a weak second half. But the not E3 section we had a month ago, that uh, kind of, that, that shored up my... Uh, worries about what the rest of this year would look like yeah man I'm I'm right there with you and yeah I'm I was I'm kind of I was on the same boat where like I thought maybe the the fall season would just be Starfield and Spider-Man and then all of a sudden I'm like we get we get all these announcements from summer game fest season and it's been banger after banger after banger announcement after announcement which brings me to my next question um what was your biggest announcement from summer games fest season what's the game you're looking forward to playing this fall Oh, man, the number one game I'm looking forward to has got to be Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, I am a huge Insomniac fan. I've loved everything they've done, essentially. Um, and, of course, the two Spider-Man games they've done already with Miles Morales in the 2017 game, those were just really special games. So I'm expecting Spider-Man 2 to go even further. They're bringing in my favorite Spider-Man anti-hero we'll call him with venom and he looks great they just recently showed off how he actually looks like his full body that is the game that i am looking forward to the most this year i'm right there with you like i i need that storyline that's oh my goodness when i saw mm-hmm. the sto- the new storyline trailer for it i'm like i need that like asap i yeah. i can't wait to see how all these parts like play a factor into the whole entire narrative because like I have a theory that we're kind of being like they're giving us Venom, they're giving us Craven, but like you know how like in the first game Doc Ock was the was the villain, but it wasn't like the advertising leaving up to that wasn't indicating that Doc Ock was going to be a part of this game at all. I almost feel like mm-hmm. there's a bait and switch going going to happen with Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I am right there with you cuz yeah, I remember my first time playing Spider-Man 1. Uh I don't remember Doc Ock even being mentioned in this game. And then it's like right at the beginning they show mm-hmm. him. And he was a big play throughout the entire story. To I wouldn't say the motion the most emotional impact at the end, but the second. I mean yeah. the Aunt May thing is massive. Oh. Um but the whole uh oh what was it? You you should be on my side. I was <laughs> like that was just they made me care about Doc Ock in a way that I won't say I, I've never cared about Doc Ock, but it was such a different feeling that I've had towards that character. And I'm hoping they do the same with Craven and Venom here, especially. I mean, they've kind of been trying to dance around it, but we all know that Harry is Venom this time. So Harry being Peter's best friend, like, how's this dynamic going to work? I'm so excited for that. I am too. I am too. Like, I also, I also have a theory that, you know, like, I don't feel like these are the only Spider-Man that's going to be represented, like, in this game, whether it be, like, in the cut, in, in the in-game cutscene, just like we got with Miles. I have a feeling Gwen Stacy is also going to be introduced at the end, towards the end, where, like, it, I don't know if it's going to be Spider-Verse, or I don't know if it's going to be, like, anything like that, but I can totally see, like, Insomniac doing a Gwen Stacy, like, solo game that's very akin to Miles Morales's smaller, his smaller experience game. I can see that. I like that idea. That is really cool, because I can't think, I don't think we've heard of anything from Gwen Stacy so far. Like, not even in, like, the backpacks for no. Peter, where it's, like, throwing in all the lore on the side. If they do go that route, I do hope they avoid the multiverse. Mm-hmm. I totally get that uh, Spider-Verse, the Spider-Verse movies are great. Like, everyone knows it. And they even, like, threw in the Insomniac Spider-Man in there as well in a couple spots. But I just want Insomniac to kind of do their own thing here. I don't want them to feel like they have to get involved with the larger Spider-Verse and all that stuff. I'm, I'm not going to turn it down if it happens, <laughs> but... I really love the idea of Insomniac just creating their own thing because we've got Wolverine in the future. Mm-hmm. We can throw him in there. I just want to see what lengths they can go on their own here. I like that because it kind of makes the story feel more grounded as well. Still mm-hmm. grounded in this reality without getting into the the Spider-Verse kind of situation. Like you, I would I would totally eat it up if they gave it to me. But I'm, I'm, I would love for 
Gwen Stacy Spider-Man to just be another escaped spider or maybe like you know like they they get blown up like all the spiders like disperse throughout the city most of them are believed dead on impact and hers just gets blown right into her or something like that to that nature I'm like I would love to see something of that but you know besides Spider-Man what other games are you looking forward to this fall? Uh, so one that I actually forgot about until just this week, uh, comes up tomorrow, uh, Disney Illusion Island. I'm hearing um, good things. Yeah, I am as well. I, I'm a massive Disney fan. Um, you might tell from Jack Skellington behind me. Uh, but I want to say that this game was revealed la- late last year in a Nintendo Direct. And from that moment, I was like, okay, this looks exactly like Rayman Origins to me. Uh, and those games were great, uh, but putting in Mickey, Donald, Minnie, and Goofy in there, I can play it with my daughter. Like that—that that sounds like a really fun time. I'm very excited to give that game a try. What um, what platform are you gonna play that on? I believe it's only on Switch. Oh, uh, is it only Switch? I believe so. I haven't seen it announced for any other areas okay. yet. Okay, that'll be fun still. That that's still a good time. Um, I love the art style. I think that's one oh, yeah. of the things that kind of like struck me as soon as I saw it was that gorgeous art style and like the vibrant colors. Like you said, it was very Rayman esque uh, to me. Like I I'm a huge fan of Rayman Legends. That was probably my me favorite too. out of the series. Yeah, yeah, I love it, love it. And this kind of gives me those those vibes. So I'm I'm excited to play this. I don't necessarily know. I'm here and it's like it's more castlevania than i then yeah than I i've thought heard that as well Rain. that yeah. surprised me when they were showing off the original trailer it looked very much just like a pure platformer but i don't know I'm, i'll be interested to see uh where they go with it is there any like disney cameos that if you besides you know jack skeleton and night <laughs> before christmas characters but is there any like disney characters that if you saw them in this game like cameo you'd be like let's go this is my hype moment <laughs> Um, as for Mickey Mouse characters, Goofy's my man. I, I've mm-hmm. always been a huge Goofy fan, so I'm already happy here. I would love to see Pete appear as a villain at some point, uh, a, a boss fight, probably. I think that would be really cool, uh, especially with this. It's not really a new art style for the characters. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of like how they've been doing them recently, where it's it's kind of close to the original style for the characters, but it, it's also different. I don't know how to explain it, but... I would be interested to see how he would look in this game. I think it's um, they have an animated show right now that's very similar to this art style, right? This, yeah, this, yeah, it's kind there of the is, way they adapted it. There is, you can tell there's a difference when you mm-hmm. like look at them, but yeah, it's obviously very uh, inspired by it at least. Okay, okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool for me. I think if if we got to see Max from a Goofy movie, like oh, I don't, yeah. oh, that I would go hype for that. Uh, a goofy movie is just always in my heart <laughs> it's uh, same here i i just over the weekend i had my daughter and we were blaring the soundtrack just oh it's so good I. To, I. oh i love it <laughs> i love it for the uh, first time ever seeing things i i i love it uh, absolutely yes. fantastic absolutely Man, and, line, man. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. I, and you know, the the crazy thing about it is like, there's so many under underrated like other songs in that because like, um, the one I think it's the one they were singing when they were like mad at each other when they were floating down the river on top of nobody the bar. else but you, nobody else but you. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good one as well. Uh, I love that as well. Yeah, really I, I that is probably my second favorite Disney movie after Nightmare Before Christmas. I love it so much. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. But back back to games. See, um, you're looking forward to Disney um, Illusion Island. And you're looking forward to Spider-Man 2. Is there any other big ones that you're looking forward to this fall? Oh, there's quite a few. If, uh, do you want me to go deep into them or just kind of list them off? Because I actually have a list here. <laughs> Man, do your thing. Whichever one oh, you feel right. like doing. Uh, so first, uh, Mortal Kombat 1. I hate the name. I do not like when games that are not the first entry put a 1 in there. I, it really bugs me. Call it Mortal Kombat <laughs> rebirthing or something. I don't care. Don't call it Mortal Kombat 1. Regardless, I'm excited to give that a try. Alan Wake 2. I uh, I was really late playing the first one, but I played it in like 2014, 2015 and just fell in love. So I'm super excited to see what Remedy is up to with that game. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Uh, I was so worried this was going to be just kind of a stale new Super Mario Brothers game when they first showed it. 
I'm I'm hooked on it. I, <laughs> I love that they changed up the art style enough to make it fun. Um, I love that we're throwing in like Daisy and all these different Yoshis as playable characters. I love that it's just a complete drug trip at times. It like, really is. It's it's wild to see Nintendo go this route, but I'm very excited for that. And then kind of in the same ilk as that uh, Sonic Superstars. I'm a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan. And seeing them go the route of new Super Mario Brothers is different enough, I think, because the game is more based on speed and everything. Playing it with up to four people, I think, could be a lot of fun. So which one of those two, if you're going to choose one to play like this year, or is the one you're going to play, Sonic or Mario? Oh, ah, that is tough. Um, <laughs> I think Nintendo has earned enough uh, goodwill from just about everyone with all their platformers that I would probably go with Mario first. Um, yeah. It feels like the safe bet. It really does. Yeah, it, it does. And it, really looking at it, if you look at the game itself, from what they've shown, it doesn't look like the gameplay itself has changed. When you get into those drug trippy moments, it's the environment around you that's changing. But still, I think that's a cool enough idea that I want to play it. It it's it's just got to hold me off until they get a new 3D Mario in, and I'll be fine. So uh, on that note, like you you know like you can turn into an elephant, right? I'm like that's yeah. that's so weird. Like elephant I mean, Mario. Like I I guess we can't really throw out any animal transformations mm -hmm. at this point. I mean, we've got frog, raccoon, now an elephant. Where, where do we go from here? Like, are we going to get a game at some point where Mario gets like a really like twisted, uh, scary like spider or something? <laughs> what? A racket like, Mario? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got cat. We've got, I don't think there's a dog yet. We'll probably get yeah. dog at some point. There, there's too many great animals that you could just turn Mario into. I, it makes me wonder why don't they just on the next Mario like 2D Mario just go all animalistic with it you know just call it a Mario wildlife or something and that yeah just, yeah let you kind of do like um Mario Odyssey to where you can use like not necessarily the cat but something akin to that and just change animal powers on the fly yeah that would be cool uh I I really because Mario Odyssey was so special because <laughs> You had all those different changes in gameplay. It was, hey, I'm gonna become a Goomba, walk around, jump on other Goombas. I'm gonna become a Charging Chuck, and now I'm gonna knock everything out of the way. But seeing that in like an animal form, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. So, which um game do you think you're gonna spend the most time in this fall? Ooh, uh, I'm thinking Spider-Man too. You think That's, so? I think because they've got to be making the map bigger. Uh, I, I believe that they have said that they're expanding their New York map. Yeah, we saw Queens um, in the yeah. trailer. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be the one because, of course, going to run through the story. I probably, I don't know if I'll do like all the side quests and everything. We'll see when it comes out and how I'm feeling at the time. But the, the special thing about these Spider-Man games is it's fun to just swing around the city. I, uh, a couple months ago, downloaded the 2017 Spider-Man on my PS5. And that's pretty much what I did for like a good hour. It's just like, oh, I forgot how good it feels to just move around this area. Yeah, it's therapeutic, man. I Spider-Man, you know, both Spider-Man and Miles Morales are games that's locked into my PS5. Like I'm not deleting those no matter what, because like you said, I can just go in and just have fun just swinging around the city. Sometimes I don't even save people. I just swing <laughs> around. <laughs> not my problem today. Exactly. Not today, buddy. Not today. We got police for a reason. So yes. I'm like, yeah, so man it's it's just it's so relaxing it's so like peaceful to just swing around and like the way they make the environments the way they make like the ray tracing shine off of buildings man it's i can't think of any game that does environmental like environmental like creation better than insomniac at this point between rift apart and and um both the spider-man games they they're on another level yeah i like i said i'm already a huge insomniac <laughs> fan but ever since We'll just say ever since the PS5 uh, came out, they've just been nailing everything they do. Uh, just so much quality and shine to just everything they do. And I, I'm so excited to see them keep doing it. 
so I'm curious about something. Um, behind you, before we started recording, you you told me you had some D and D books. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to be diving deep into Baldur's Gate three? I am planning on it at some point. Uh, the thing with me is I have a problem when a game is too big. <laughs> there is a point where I'm like, okay, I want to move on to something else here. A, a game as big as Baldur's Gate three, I'm like. It's kind of intimidating for me because I, I know I know some people will hear that and they're like, what are you talking about? That's great value. That's everything you should want out of a game. But if I like look at all the rest of the games that are coming out this year, yeah, I'm excited for Baldur's Gate 3, but I also want to get to these one, two, three, four, six other <laughs> games at some point. So yeah, I'll enjoy it, but I don't know if I'll, I don't know if that will become my life for a period of time i understand it's to me it's almost again of like do you want a buffet where like you can kind of get like a lot of a various curated special type of food or do you want like for real like to go to a specific restaurant knowing exactly what type of food you're going to get at each restaurant and have like that being your the way the way you dine you know so to mm-hmm. speak i'm like instead of going to an all-you-can-eat buffet i can go out and go get sushi i can go get steak i can go you know like i i feel like i'm i'm right there with you to where like sometimes i do get a little intimidated looking at a game where i'm like oh that's a 200 that's a 200 hour game easy money and mm-hmm. and i'm Start- also oh, oh sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say Starfield is the same way for me. Like they're talking about all these planets and everything. And they're like, oh, 10% of them are going to have life on our whatever it is. And I'm like, I I highly doubt that they're going to be like really empty planets. But man, that doesn't sound fun to me. I don't want to spend hours of my uh, gaming time just uh, going around and scanning plants. It's not something I want to do when I, I just I just play No Man's Sky if I wanted to do that. If exactly. I'm, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly because, like, I in Starfield, I'm intrigued by those that, like, what ten or nine planets that that they say like has life, has storyline, is very like a curated part of like the story and side stories. That's what gets me going as far as like of Starfield is concerned. Outside of that, I'm like, I don't really care to explore the rest of the 999 planets. Like, yeah. I nah uh uh-uh. i'm like let me just be a pirate for a little bit let me experience the a very curated special story that you have to tell and then let me just get my field doing that and if i want to come back and do that maybe someday i will doubtful but you know like i want a more mass effect type of experience more so than i want like a actual like no man's sky experience yeah and maybe the story will give that but mm-hmm. i think they've gone a little too f- well okay during the xbox showcase this year they showed a ton of stuff but it did feel like they were going too much into the explorations kind of stuff which is nice it's good to have it but i want to know more about this story like why do i care about all these people i'm interacting with i don't know i guess with games like fallout and elder scrolls it's just kind of go as you do and you'll find the people you care about but i don't know yeah, but even then, I'm like, I feel like Fallout, you know, especially like Fallout New Vegas, Fallout like uh, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 3, even Fallout 4, especially um, with like you looking for your son, it's still like kept that a little reined in a little bit. It still has like that story and then you can kind of explore a, you know, a open world, but not like a vast open world like these. This, this feels like it's like, okay, we're going to take both of those games and times them by 10 and then just let you go book crazy with all these different choices. And I'm like, I get choice paralysis at that point. I'm like, yeah. I just I just want to do a couple of things. I don't necessarily want to be a space pirate ninja monkey man that also can like, <laughs> you know, teleport across distances and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, just give me like my specific role and tell me who I'm supposed to be, man. Yeah. Uh, bigger is nice, but it's not always better. That's yeah. that's for sure. That's how I feel in games. So, do you feel that same way as a massive Zelda fan? Do you feel that same way with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom versus old school Zelda? Man, no, I don't. And oh, and that, it's a double is, standard. <laughs> it's the one hundred percent a double standard, and I don't care, man. <laughs> Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are just special games, in my opinion. Uh, I put at least two hundred hours into both games, man. And I 
don't regret it one bit. I, for the entire month of May this year, after Tears of the Kingdom came out, I straight up told people, I'm like, I'm not playing anything besides this. Like, I've been waiting years for this. I, this is the game I will invest my life into. So yeah, I, I totally acknowledge it's a double standard and I'm gonna, <laughs> If you bring it up again, I'm just going to cover my ears and pretend <laughs> I can't hear you. So I understand, man. I understand. Got to got to joke with you a little bit. Um, So I do want to ask you, though, is that do you feel like that's in your top three games of the year so far? Absolutely. It's number one with a bullet. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I came in. So me and my uh, friend Joel at those the podcast with me, we kind of did some predictions at the end of last year like oh what do you think will be your game of the year and and i just came out and said i'm like it's tears of the kingdom it i'm a massive zelda fan i love this series it's my favorite of all time there was no way anything was gonna beat it for me so i gotta ask you the hard question now is tears of the kingdom better than breath of the wild for you i do think it is i it's it's been a really hard thing that i've kind of wrapped my mind around uh because Obviously, that conversation has come up for a lot of people. It's like, is this better? It's definitely more open because you got the sky, you got the depths, and then you can just experiment with things to a whole new level in the game with all the ultra hand abilities, putting things together. We thought Breath of the Wild was like already one of the largest games ever with just the freedom it gave you to explore the area. And then Tears of the Kingdom said, hey, that's cute. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just think the amount of player choice in the game and just everything you do while you're just out walking around is it's something that i didn't think it could be done again and then they did it to a whole new level and i love your dog yeah thank you very much <laughs> yeah to you audio listeners my dog biscuit the labradoodle just kind of busted in like he was raining the place basically <laughs> kind of startled me there but yeah um thank you by the way yeah so on Tears of the Kingdom, you you put in what two hundred hours into this yeah, game. Yeah, it, it was about two hundred hours. Do you feel like you're gonna get anywhere close to that with any other game this year? I know you said Spider Man this year. Most, yeah, probably no, not. No, no, not anywhere close. Um, if there is anything close to it, it didn't come out this year. But Overwatch Two, I play a lot of Overwatch. That would be the only thing I can think of that would be close. So, you know, I know this is the single player experience podcast, but with all the Overwatch news, and I, it would be remiss of me not to ask an expert in the room with all the like, you know, like, I guess you could say controversy regarding some of their decision making lately. Do you still love the game? Has it been tainted lately? Like, what has that been like as far as like the overall processes and hearing all this news come out? What's the, the last couple of months been like as an Overwatch fan? I would say not even just the last couple of months, the last few years have been very frustrating to be an overwatch fan because uh in 2019 we had the game revealed and we had all these promises made this was going to be a massive thing it's 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 made by blizzard they're gonna pull through on this it's blizzard and then we had a lot of years where the first game was just abandoned pretty much like they were working on overwatch 2 we were giving them that leeway it was like okay we are waiting for you to get this done and then we get the game releases, sure, people are going to complain about free-to-play microtransactions. Like, that's always going to be in a discussion in this area. But the game itself is still very good. And they're adding to it more often now. And it's good to see this game be, feel alive again. And then you get the news about them scaling back the PvP stuff with uh, hero missions. All these talent trees that were really going to change the game. Like, this was going to be a massive a reason to play the game now it's just kind of a few missions that you got to pay five bucks a piece for and well i'm still very excited for the story missions they're coming out in just a couple weeks here i do kind of feel that um there's that thought in the back of my head this could have been so much more than what it is i haven't even gotten a chance to play it yet but i just know i'm gonna go into it being like this could have been so much better does overwatch 2 just feel like overwatch 1.5 so to speak i wouldn't even call it 1.5 i would just call it overwatch one at at this point before we get the story missions this was just overwatch one with a big patch update like Oof. when the game came out they added three heroes could have done that any time over the last three years um 
we got a new mode, which was cool. Again, could have been added at any other point. Uh, they changed from 6v6 to 5v5. Again, that's a patch update. Like, it, it just, it totally takes any wind out of any sail that Overwatch was going with. How do they regain momentum as far as like controlling the uh, rebounding from the narratives that's been happening in these last couple of years? I think it's going to be very tough. Um, if there is any way they can do it, they have to keep bringing the single player content out, but they have to do it. They have to do it enough that they're, it doesn't feel like they're nickel and diming people because it's $5 a mission to play them. Oof. But we also, I don't want to go a whole year with only getting one drop of them at a time. So knowing Blizzard, the last, let's say, five years since all of their controversies really started coming up, I don't have a lot of faith in them to like get it back to being like, like in 2016, I was like, this is one of the best games I've ever played. I really don't see a way for them to get the whole community on that kind of bandwagon again. They can work at it, though, and I, I think that's enough for me, at least. It's it's crazy because it feels like a tale of the two sides with Blizzard right now, where you have like all the controversies dealing with Overwatch, but you have like this rounding success, which is Diablo 4 right now. I feel like I haven't heard, at least besides the season one, you know, like kerfuffle of like everyone you know having to restart some progress or like how the way they're going about their season plan besides that i hear tremendous things about that game how like what is it like having hearing all that like where like you see diablo's getting at least a lot of praise where overwatch is kind of like being fumbled yeah so i played quite a bit of diablo 4 as well and i think it it uh they're they're starting to hit that point where the players are unhappy with a recent patch and there was a really kind of uh there was a bad way that they had the menus set up so people were like accidentally activating their battle passes when they didn't want to oh that's um, rough yeah so i i know that there was problems there um i don't know i even though it's both games are made by blizzard i know they're both different teams so it's kind of hard for me to be like oh why why is this game getting so much praise while this one isn't it, it is different teams i know uh it's just different people behind them there's nothing else to say about it it's just yeah. it's really hard to say oh why didn't you do this when this other team is doing so great it's like they have their own plans and they're gonna go about it their own way yeah you, you know like i this is a completely apple and oranges but like my fear with like playstation's new initiative where they announced like a big 60 percent of their budget going forward was going to live service games my my kind of concern was that when you allocate like a lot of those resources into the live service atmosphere especially with like your first party studios what if what's going to be left for like those single player narrative games that you've basically mastered at that point like and and what's not only is like what's going to be left but like are they still going to get that love and care or is it going to be the the case of like they're an afterthought so they're the like the quality is going to dip after that also i get nervous about having these teams that are so good at their single player experiences making multiplayer games we've got the last of us factions i'll call it whatever that new mm -hmm. last of us multiplayer game is coming in we've already heard it was delayed because bungie looked at it and they're like this isn't good like this is not ready to come out look in the past we've got uh bioware with anthem like that kind of experience uh made by a team that's so good at single player games it doesn't translate over all the time no crystal dynamics with the avengers that was another bust of a single player team making a multiplayer gigantic game that never ends so it's just really hard to look at games like that and be like you know yeah i have full faith in them to pull this off because they're not ready for that kind of game yeah i agree with you um sorry about this everyone my dog <laughs> just fully jumped into my lap but like yeah um i agree with you but it's like i'm kind of terrified because like i feel like the same thing is going to happen with um the suicide squad game as well like, absolutely yes yeah i you know like that is that hurt my heart because i'm a huge fan of the arkham series i think that to 
oh that's one of my favorite like series of all time even with arkham knights like fumbles like i still can go back and play those games once a year at this point i just but to see we're not getting anything remotely close to that but instead we're getting a suicide squad game that is live service where all the characters are basically like looter shooters at this point i'm like it just hurts man it really does it's not the way kevin connery's batman should go out oh no absolutely not absolutely not um yeah and i think like you're you're right on the money there it's like what's this going to be like for ghost of shishima what is this going to be like for horizon which is looking like it's going to do like the monster hunter route and make like a lot of its resources towards their new monster hunter like game what is Mm -hmm. you know like the with naughty dog and everything working on factions like what's their new single player game going to look like it you know like is it going to be a smaller experience? And if if it is a smaller experience, are we going to have to wait like six years in between smaller, just like smaller Miles Morales type of experience for experiences for these single player games? Meanwhile, like all these games, especially live service games, are just falling and failing. Like I can't remember a successful new live service game, if I'm being honest. Oh, recently. Destiny no. 2, maybe? That was like 2016, 2015. Yeah. And they just Overwatch keep up. 1 was 2016. Yeah. It is hard. Like you think of all the games in the last year that have shut down out of just not succeeding. Knockout City. Mm-hmm. Uh what was the Rumble something? Rumbleverse. 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 Yeah. yeah. Knockout City. Yeah. yeah. So those kind of games like I played them and yeah, those were fun, but they just couldn't keep a crowd because there's so many of these multiplayer games already out here it really makes me nervous because we've already seen sony kind of commit themselves to one particular area too much with the uh third person action adventure game Mm -hmm. for the last decade before any of these multiplayer games come out it they got they fell in love with the last of us model and that's kind of been a big point of contention for some people it's like every game is the same here now we're going to go into this area where we can get all these multiplayer games and we're not i i don't trust sony really to run these games perfectly like no. i've been very vocal about i want twisted metal to come back we've got the show they just brought back the classic games on psn if they gave me like a twisted metal battle royale i'd, I'd be happy with that i could give it a try but i don't trust them to um really support it the way it deserves to be supported um you remember that car game that came out like two years ago that was oh, uh, destruction no. all-stars Just you remember that so terrible i hated it was. that game it, it was. was so bad man do you think in 2023 do you feel like twisted metal would basically be like that i would hope not man i remember they were talking about letting that developer make a new twisted yeah. metal and i <laughs> me and joel were talking about it on our podcast and I went off. I was like, no, this is a terrible idea. So I hope to God that they don't do it, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we will. We will. So, you know, I want to ask you, because originally I I had you on to talk about like your favorite games and we kind of, you know, did that a little bit, but I want to ask you like of all the games you played what is besides you know tears of the kingdom which is kind of an obvious choice what are some of the games you'd recommend that single player games uh, gamers like check out from this year all right so number one for me outside of tears of the kingdom is hi-fi rush oh Uh, hi-fi rush was such a surprise that came out of nowhere and when i played it i was like okay i'll give it a try and then that has got to be the most charming game of 2023. Like the voice acting was great, great music selection. And it's one of those rhythm games that, so with rhythm games, usually I'll play it for a little bit and I'm like, okay, this is a little much. I feel like I'm being held back because look at me, I'm a white guy with no rhythm. But uh, Hi-Fi Rush gives you enough leeway to make mistakes and still feel like you're doing well. So. Hi-Fi Rush, definitely. Um, Also, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. I know there's a ton of controversy around that series, but man, I grew up with it. I love it. Hogwarts Legacy was everything I wanted a Harry Potter game to be as a kid. I got to just go around Hogwarts and the outside freely. Uh, I wish the classes were a little more in-depth, 
to like actually like learn spells and stuff. Uh, and also it's made, it was missing footage, but man, just the idea of making your own student to go to class at Hogwarts was really cool. Uh, after that, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Personally, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I I don't dislike it, but it's just I don't get the big uh, love that some people have for the series. Uh, I played a little bit of Fallen Order and I wasn't amazed by it, but Jedi Survivor just felt on a different level. Like just the way it was designed and everything felt great. I was very excited with the new uh, stances and everything that they added in there. So John, uh, what made you uh, dive into Survive, uh, like just Survivor when you went like super huge into Fallen Order? Uh, honestly, it was for Game Sandwich. The okay. we, we got a code and we needed someone to review it. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to pass up that opportunity. <laughs> so yeah, that was a game that I didn't intend on playing and I just got thrown in there and really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, last game I would recommend, uh, we kind of talked about it already, Diablo 4. Uh, I know it's it's not really made to be a single player game, but I personally played it a lot single player. That's just a perfect game for turning your mind off. Listen to a podcast. Uh, listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just like just kill some demons, man. It's it's just a real game. The a real good game to just grind out when you have nothing better to do. Man, I feel you on that. What um, what's what was your class in Diablo Four? So I did a sorcerer, which I've been hearing is one of the worst in the game. <laughs> so, but I got through the game and beat it. I might go back and try a new class. I might, I don't know who I would play. Maybe a necromancer, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, when you beat the game, what what level were you at? Uh, probably about 45, 46. Okay. Yeah, so I, I played some more side quests afterwards, and I'm at like 48 right now. So, do you think you're gonna grind out to get to the hundred mark? No, no, no. <laughs> that that's a lot of playing, and I don't. It's the same thing that we talked about with the other games. Mm -hmm. I've got other things to play right now. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I love my answer, man. I I don't think I would either. Like that's just too much. That is. I, I can totally respect everyone that wants to put that kind of time into it. Not me. I, I can't imagine the people playing hardcore where oh, if no. you die once one time you lose your character and just <sighs> all those hours just lost. Nah, I couldn't do it. I you know, I saw some people playing uh fighting against the final boss on hardcore and lost against the final boss with only like two two hits left. Oh like man. oh and I was I I felt so bad for them. I felt I, so bad. That's an uninstall right there for me. I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope, never uh, again. We were talking about uh, the Arkham games. So back mm -hmm. in the day, I was playing Arkham Origins. And I, the Arkham games, are those are a series that I go through and I 100% them. Like, I love... You did the Riddler trophies? Yes, I go through oh. and I do them all. Uh, Asylum, City. City's my favorite. Uh, and then I started playing Origins. I was like, okay, this isn't as good as the others, but it's still pretty good. Got through the story. I think I had eight Riddler trophies left. And my uh, save got corrupted. And no. I, said, I took it out. And this is back 360 days. So I had a mm -hmm. physical copy. I put it in the case and I went to GameStop and traded it. Trade it. I, no. I was done. <laughs> no. Oh, no. That's terrible, man. Oh, my heart goes out to you. Because, like, <laughs> I, I've never gotten all the Riddler trophies before. But if I got that close, I think I'd be so hot. So heated. Mm -hmm. To this day, I think I'd still be mad about that game. <laughs> But no, um, you, the more time goes by, the more I actually like um, Arkham Origins. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm missing a Batman game in my life. But like mm -hmm. the way they did like the Christmas setting the th and like some of the intro intro kind of like villains and such like that, the way they introduced Mr. J in that game and everything like that. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, the Joker was a surprise in there. I, mm -hmm. They had to throw the Joker in and every game there and in two of the games, Origins and uh, Arkham Knight, they surprised me on both yeah. times. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> and then um, I do think Origins has the best boss fights in the series. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Especially the Deathstroke boss fight. The Deathstroke boss fight is great. It keeps you on your toes. Mm -hmm. It's high action. Yeah, that is very good. Yeah, man, that is really good. Um, boss, What is your favorite boss fight so far of um, 2023? 
Ooh, boss fight. Um, probably from Hi-Fi Rush, uh, near the end of the game, there's a giant uh, robot that you fight, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I think I loved that most because of the music that was playing. I, I was really into the soundtrack of that game. So that was probably the one that stands out the most to me. Uh, fighting Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom. The one-on-one sword fight against Ganondorf is always special. Um, and I, I don't... I can't really pin down anything in Diablo 4 that I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because Diablo 4 combat is so samey yeah so yeah i'd go with hi-fi rush and tears of the kingdom there i love that i love that did you um finish jedi survivor or are you still working right through it uh i haven't gotten all the way through it but uh i did get to the fight with the big guy i don't know if we want to spoil it (laughs) okay okay there there is a there's a boss in there that's my favorite boss this year called rick the door technician oh that that, (laughs) yeah I love I've it. I've seen it. Yeah, that, that is great. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> love it. That it I it just my all my expectations, like I I just didn't imagine them to pull that kind of stunt. And man, to this day I, I giggle about that. Like it, I hardcore laugh about that. It one. was so out of left field and it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, you know, a couple of questions and yeah, which is like I have three main t- main overarching questions left in this show and the third one is are you ready because it is time for our pro nerd trivia portion of the show while i ask our esteemed guest our esteemed master trivia expert three 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 main questions and then two final questions so five questions total and if he gets all five correct he becomes a pro nerd champion he becomes a entrant into our pro nerd hall of fame those three questions we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fill them out we're going to see how he does with those intro three and then those last two get hard they get absolutely brutal but you know i believe in you john i think you're going to be our second entrant a second entrance out of I think you're what, like maybe 110 entries. Oh, man. A contestant into the Hall of Fame. So you yeah. might be the two, the second ah. one. We'll see. <laughs> I got I'm, a feeling. I'm not feeling good with those numbers, but let's give it a go. I got a feeling. So here we go. Okay. So our first category is I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. It is in Pokemon. Pokemon Gen 1 specifically. Generation 1. All right. What Pokemon does Ekans evolve into? Ekans. He got it correct. He got it correct. No flinching, no hesitation. Everyone, he shot from the hip. He knew he was, his aim was true. It is Arbok. Uh, I, you know, it's Cobra in there. Yeah, yeah. Do you I've always love I always love sorry, but I always love how Ekans is just snake backwards and Arbok is Cobra. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, out of curiosity, do you do you remember what number they were? Oh. I couldn't tell you an exact number. I would guess somewhere in the 30s. That's very close. Very close. They are um 23 and 24 respectively. Okay. Yeah, so they are the ones right before Pikachu at 25. All right. Yeah, so that, that was a good guess, though. Um, So you are one of one. Your next category, oof, is a tough one. It is in the realm of DC trivia, specifically Batman. Batman okay. trivia. How do you feel about this category? Uh, Are we sticking with games here? Because if we're talking Arkham games, I might have a chance. I, it is overarching all things Batman, so it could be comic okay. book, it could be movies, it could be TV shows. But right. yeah, so we will we will see though. Um, what was the real name of Catwoman, the villainess in the movie Batman Returns? What is the real name of Catwoman, the villainess in Batman Returns? Did she have a different name? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I only know her as Selena Kyle, but did they change her name? 
No, Selena Cal is absolutely oh, okay. correct. Absolutely okay, you, correct. you scared me with the way that was worded. <laughs> I know. I, as soon as I said in Batman Returns, I was like, oh, no, that's kind of a trick question. <laughs> that is that is very dirty. I do not like that question. Oh, <laughs> okay. You are two of two so far. How are you feeling so far? You you feel I, like I, the nerves feel, are good? Yeah, we're, we're good. You, you scared me a little bit there with that wording, but I'll, yeah. I, I got through it and I'm feeling good. <laughs> okay, okay. Next up, we have the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here we go. All right. Peter Quill's ship is named after which popular 80s actress? Um, Peter Quill's ship is named after which popular 80s actress? Last name is acceptable. Just the last name yeah. is acceptable on the tip of my tongue and i can't remember it right now mm -hmm. john are you hooked on a feeling are you high on believing <laughs> oh man it's i'm for gonna the, be for the audience i'm gonna read out the question one more time this yep. is peter quill's ship is named after which popular 80s actress mm, man i'm completely blanking and i'm gonna be mad when i hear it but i'm gonna have to pass i don't know it is Alyssa milano the milano, milano. Is the, yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say morissette is that a name yeah 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 i i, I knew it was wrong though i knew it started with them you got me on that one it, yes yes you have officially you know yeah. been marked you officially bleed as as they said in batman versus superman but i digress you are two questions correct one wrong but we'll keep it going we'll see yeah. how many of these you can get correct and our next category um is our fourth question the questions do get harder your category landed on lord of the rings the realm okay. of middle earth are uh, one of our hardest our second hardest category so far only 16% of people have gotten these questions correct so far. Okay. Yes, it is absolutely hard. All right. Oof. Which two members of the Fellowship are cousins? Which two members of the Fellowship are cousins? I mean, the easy answer would be Pippin and Mary, but are they actually cousins? They're always together. I, I gotta go with Pippin and Mary. You are absolutely correct. It is okay. Mary and Pippin. Yep. So I'm I'm curious. Can you tell them apart? Do you know which one's which? Oh. If I was looking at them, I could. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Mary is the their one who always is just different enough. Yeah. Uh, Mary's the one who always got Pippin out of trouble, or is it vice versa? Uh. Pippin is the one that got in trouble. All the he's, time. He, he's yeah. the one that was like looking at the orb and everything. Yeah, yeah, because Gandalf said, Pippin, you full of a took. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got you. I got you. All right. So our last question, our hardest question is, oof. All right. This one's a tricky one. It is in the realm of action movies. Action movies. All right. In the 1990s, there was an action movie starring a buddy cop duo. One of the action duo's names was Jackie Chan, who starred with Jackie Chan in a 90s buddy cop movie in with the scene, the scenery being China and Los Angeles. It's got to be Chris Tucker. You're talking about Rush Hour? And you know this, man. He yeah. absolutely got it correct. Yeah. Oh, Milano got me. Milano! Yes. <laughs> yes, the Milano was the one yeah. who got him. And, you know, going looking back on all that, would you, if I had read all those categories out to you, which one of those categories do you think you would have been weakest in going into this? Uh, Just going by the category name, probably action movie. Action um, movie, yeah. Got really lucky that was Rush Hour. <laughs> I, I do like the Rush Hour series. I um, love them. If you had gone with something like, I don't know, Die Hard. I've never seen Die Hard. I would have been completely lost. <laughs> Yippee K, you've never seen Die Hard? I've never seen it, no. What? what? When are you going to watch this movie? 
this Christmas, I hope, because right. it's a perfect Christmas movie. <laughs> I've already got a Christmas movie, okay? <laughs> you can just have a back-to-back session. Yeah, I mean, they go together perfectly. I, I oh, love yeah, seeing sure. Jack Skellington crawl through air ducts and... See, you already know the, the premise. Probably drop there. someone off a of skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. you pretty much know the premise. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, John, before we go, I have two last major questions for you. The first one is... What is the John ask John game that you're going to recommend to people? What what video game recommendation are you going to recommend to single player gamers out there? All right. I totally acknowledge that this game has not aged well. It originally came out in 1996, but it is also the very first video game I ever played. And I love it to this day. Super Mario 64. I can never get over playing that game. I could play it all the way through right now and I'd still have as much fun as I did when I first picked up that controller. I get the camera isn't perfect. There are a few iffy uh, environment issues, but man, I love that game so much. So, And I still think that's a better game. Like, I think that's aged better than Sunshine. Sunshine to me aged like a rotten banana in the street. Yeah, Sunshine... I, that is one of those games that, uh, as a kid, I loved it because it was 3D Mario. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was uh, when Super Mario 3D All-Stars came out and I went back to it where I said, oh, this game is uh, pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very rough. I, I To this day, I don't know why Nintendo didn't include Mario Galaxy 2 in that one. Yeah, there was a lot of things they could have done with that collection. For one, Super Mario 64 in full screen. Um, yeah, I, I think a remake of Super oh, Mario yeah. Sunshine so they could have fixed up a lot of those issues would have been good. And I don't know, maybe more uh, celebratory content than just the soundtracks on there. That would have been great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I would love to see yeah a remake of all the 3d marios can you imagine what mar like you know super mario 3d six super mario 64 would be like if they remade it from the ground up yeah uh when after uh odyssey came out mm-hmm. that was a big hope i had because there was quite a bit of super mario 64 uh references in there i was like okay i really think that they're gonna go back and remake it in this engine and they just never did that kind of broke my heart yeah, I would love to see like a game called Super Mario Dimensions where he goes to like all, where Mario has to travel between all like old retro Mario games, kind of like, and, yeah, and then them That'd kind of cool. like having a levels paying homage to each one. That would be really dope. Mm-hmm. That, that would be really awesome. Yeah. 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 So, John, before we go, my final, my, my third and final thing, almost like the genie, you make your final wish. But my third and final thing is where can the good people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rivex Shadows. Uh, you can also find my writing on GameSandwich.com. Uh, we try and do as much fun stuff as we can. We've got some fun content coming up here. Uh, we also do theme months, kind of like back in the day, uh, old Game Informer magazines and stuff, you would find a, a certain theme around those issues. For example, this month we talked about the Nintendo GameCube a lot. Uh, next month we're going into horror games so should be fun you you didn't even save horror games for october man no because texas chainsaw massacre is coming out next month are you looking forward to it me no i'm a scaredy boy but same here we're gonna we're gonna cover it anyway (laughs) so are they gonna make you play it as well though even probably man i don't know (laughs) i'm okay with dead by daylight so if it's anything like that i think i'll be fine okay I am a scaredy boy, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, okay. Can we um, expect to see that anywhere on YouTube? So, like a stream or somewhere, so I can get a laugh and add another cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog type of person like me? Yeah, sure. We can put that up on Pixel Street Videos. That is the YouTube channel that me and Joel run. You can check out the Pixel Street podcast on there and all social media platforms. Or I not- love 
podcast platforms. That's what it meant to say. I love it. Got to set you up for that one. And, you know, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I, you know, it's been an absolute blast talking to John about all things from this era and from the previous eras. You know, if you liked what you heard, you know, leave a dope review. It really helps out. It helps out the podcast. So in the meanwhile, though, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, John, for for being on the show, man. Ah, thank you for having me, Sebastian. This was a lot of fun. Man, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Got to have you back, especially, you know, towards the fall. Maybe get your final game of the year if Zelda holds out on top place. I'm up for it, and I'm coming for that Hall of Fame spot. I'm uh, I'm coming for it. I like it. I like it. You're going to have to watch the Guardians of the Galaxy movies to make up yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit. I love it. I love it. In everyone, thank you so much for watching. I've been Sebastian. That's been John. Um, we had a rare appearance from Biscuit over here. But, you know, the three of us say Sirenara and we're out, everyone. Bye. I also want to let you know about the single player experience discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!